Hello there. This is your host, Andrew Hood, on Hood Way to Spirit Radio. My guest today is Craig Larson Jr. Craig is a program director at Gal Media in Houston, Texas, and worked in major market radio for decades, including stints in Chicago and Los Angeles. Craig is an avid fan of the Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Clippers, and DePaul Blue Demons. He's married to his wife of 20 plus years and with two children and their dog Milo. And now, please enjoy our show. So, how are you? I'm good. I'm pleased to be with you this evening. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Okay, all right. I actually got some questions for you. And Well, actually, obviously, the first question is, uh, how did you get started in sports? Well, yeah, that's as good of a place to, <laughs> to start as any. So I, I think in, in earnest, in terms of covering sports, it began for me in the late 1980s, I was enrolled at a broadcast university. It was a four-year Bachelor of Arts degree at Columbia College in Chicago. And big difference between attending or, or watching games on television as a fan versus being credentialed as a member of the media. Working at the college radio station opened up a lot of doors for me. And then probably the biggest door that opened up was about a year into my studies, I received an internship at a radio station that is still around today. I'm not that old, AM 1000 in Chicago. And that was really an exciting time in Chicago sports. The, the year I started there in 1991, the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan had won their first of many championships. And the other two teams that we had the broadcast rights to, the Chicago White Sox and Chicago Blackhawks, were equally competitive. They were championship contenders. And uh, being in that atmosphere, being in that environment, getting to know and develop relationships with, with athletes and organizations, that pretty much propelled and, and firmly set the path that I was going to embark upon all those years ago. That was 30-plus uh, 30 years now at this point. Well, the second questions I am going to ask is, how did you get started in sports media? Yeah, so a gentleman by the name of Chet Kopik took me under his wing. I think it's really important for, for future broadcasters. You know, if you're lucky and you're fortunate enough, you'll have a series of either role models or mentors or individuals who take a vested interest in you and help you either become what your full potential is and maximizing your full potential or just giving you confidence to uh, become and, and ascend. It, it's very challenging if you're always an outsider uh, on the outside looking in. So fortunately, I, I worked my butt off for Chet. I think the original thing was maybe I was supposed to be there two days a week. Chet was on the air six days a week. At back then, and so I made it a point, whenever he was on the air, I was there. And so that reaffirmed uh, my interest. I developed an incredible rapport, friendship, mentorship, him to me, and all of that. So he really uh, opened a lot of doors uh, for me and, and taught me a lot about the industry. Okay, the next question I am going to ask, if you had a favorite sport, what would it be? Well, it's interesting, that, and that's a fantastic question. When I grew up, uh, it, was, it was a magical time in the sense that watching and consuming sports 
in, say, the mid-1980s, I was really blessed and fortunate where, where I didn't have a, a favorite sport to watch or cover or attend because in that particular window in Chicagoland sports, Michael Jordan arrived to town as a rookie and put the Chicago Bulls on the map in 1984-85. The 85 Chicago Bears, that was the last time the Bears won the Super Bowl, that particular team is still thought of and is highly regarded as one of the greatest teams ever that overlapped didn't necessarily overshadowed but definitely overlapped michael jordan's arrival to town and then for many years in the late 1970s and early to mid 80s the paul basketball was ranked if not number one in the country for college basketball for men's college basketball if they weren't number one, they were usually either going to a Final Four or on the cusp or, or the potential to go to a Final Four. And so you, you throw all that in a pot. The White Sox in 83 won their division. The Cubs the following year, I'm not a Cubs fan, but the Cubs the following year in 1984 won their division. So it was just impossible growing up with all that, almost like in a fishbowl, to have all of that. Uh, there was something compelling to watch every night, independent of the time of year, time of month. A meaningful baseball game, <laughs> Michael Jordan, every night he did something magical that you had never seen before on the court that kind of transcended the game. And then, uh, of course, the, the, the football team and the Bears that 85 season, which they still talk about today. So back then, I really did have a favorite thing. I, I took it all in. I think today it's different. It's, it's whatever my, my children get a rush out of. You know, I, I think my kids find baseball too boring when I take them to baseball games. Uh, they much rather prefer to go to an NBA basketball game, I, I think they enjoy, you know, it's more wire-to-wire nonstop action. They don't appreciate the subtleties in baseball. So, I don't know. I, I'm just happy to go anywhere these days and, and sit in any stadium or arena I can, given where we were in the world two years ago when, when sports, by and large, was secondary to the pandemic and, and shut down uh, in large part. I'm just happy we're here in 2022. You know, you know what's really interesting? I, I think I told this before. Uh, I actually, my wife, I think it was last year, my wife actually took me to the very first Twins game at Target Field, believe her or not. I've never been there. And so it was my wife, special, she went special and took me there. I, I thought that was actually quite, uh, that was quite fascinating. Got a little sunburn. Actually, I don't think it was me. I actually think my wife got sunburned. Well, and, and so that's a good point you raised because, you know, that first experience, I mean, you never forget it. And a lot of cities, I mean, you're, you're not unique in, in that. I mean, you think about Minneapolis in recent years, Target Field, which you're referencing where the Twins play, that's a relatively new ballpark. I, I don't even believe it's, it's, it might be seven years old, but it's still single digits, beautiful ballpark. Uh, I think, candidly, I spent... I went to the Metrodome many times in the 90s. I think it blows the Metrodome out of the water. And then you've got the new football stadium as well, which obviously hosted the Super Bowl a few years ago. And that all enhances the stadium experience as, as a fan. When you can walk into a new venue with all the modern-day luxuries and amenities, it's a lot better than some of the you know places that I walked into in, in the 80s. I mean, 
when I used to go to the original White Sox Comiskey Park, let me think, that thing was built in 1910. So when I was going to games in the 1980s, you know, it was already 70, 75 years old. There's nothing quite like today's arenas, the architectural design and the advances that they've made. Uh, heck, even the jumbotrons in some of these stadiums. I mean, you find yourself watching the jumbotron more than the actual action on the field. It's, it's really incredible what they've done. Hmm. Yeah, I actually want, believe it or not, I actually want to see a Saints game. I actually have never been there. I, I haven't been even at the uh, uh, the, the Saints uh, um, Stadium. So that would be something I wouldn't mind doing one of these one of these days. Sure. Here's the next. Uh, here is the next question for you. What is the best part of what you do? The best part of what I do is I've never had the same day twice in this industry, and so it's not like that Bill Murray Groundhog Day movie. Like I think it's called Groundhog Day, where you know he's repeating. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he's he's pretty much reliving the same day over and over and over in the movie. I've never had that experience. Not that every day is, is incredible or glorious. There'll be challenges and, and things you have to overcome and some things that are out of your control. But uh, what I like about it on the content side, the content is always unique and different day to day. Sometimes things that you grew up with watching or covering come full circle and you have an opportunity to relive that once again. So, for example, the other night when the Buffalo Bills were showcased on Monday Night Football, they won that game in convincing fashion. They're probably going to go to the Super Bowl this year. They'll probably be the favorites if they remain healthy in that Super Bowl. It brings me back to when I first was breaking into the industry, and I was covering in my 20s the Buffalo Bills. So, anyway, I've remained in contact with some of these guys. I'm now in my 50s. They're in their 50s. And getting old-time, classic, iconic players from the 90s to talk about not only their careers, what they're up to now, but then also this current Buffalo Bills team, like, that's, that's awesome. That's incredible. Candidly, the Buffalo Bills haven't done a lot on paper. They haven't had a ton of success since those great teams in the 90s. So it's awesome that they're now one of the elite teams in the National Football League. And those are the type of things I, I don't really consider. Some, someone asked me not too long ago how much longer, because I've been doing this for so long, how much longer I kept doing it. I, I honestly don't know what I would do without it, um, to be perfectly honest and blunt. I, I don't think of reaching a certain age or certain year or even retirement age. I, I, I've done it my entire adult life, and if I'm fortunate and blessed enough, I'll, I'll continue to do it for, for many years uh, ahead. So I, I love it. I look forward to it each and every day. The producing a show, building a show, growing your distribution and your audience, monetizing the product and the content that you put out there in the marketplace is always a great event. And just covering the stories and getting to know. A few had told me as a 15-year-old kid that in my career I would have attended, I don't know, dozens of Super Bowls and Final Fours and met and hung out with Michael Jordan and you know, any any number of things. I, I would have said, who, who whose life is that? That's the life I want. And I've been really fortunate. Uh, that's the life I've had uh, career-wise. What is the hardest part of sports media, and how do you deal with it day by day? The landscape, that's a great question. Um, it used to be that, well, in 1994, we were the first sports radio network. Now, 
there are we, we were even first to the punch i mean espn radio in 1994 had weekend programming but we were the first 24 7 the, the network at the time was branded one-on-one sports and we were the first live 24 7 national network live 168 hours a week and stations and affiliates who wanted to pick up sports you pretty much we were the only game in town like if you wanted yes you could hire local hosts in your respective market but if you wanted extra programming on weekends it was between us and espn but if you wanted to show on say a thursday night like we're talking this evening we were pretty much it uh from a national standpoint now the landscape is so crowded. You know, there, there are several 24-7 networks. There are all of these. So, so we're not just one. The playing field has increased substantially. You're fighting for those ad dollars. You're fighting for that content. Um, I contacted a gentleman by the name of Joe Theismann, was featured on this NFL series that the NFL Network does where they profile and chronicle the individual's career. It's called A Football Life, and it's on ongoing series it's one of the higher rated programs that the nfl network has anyway i contacted joe the other day i was like dude you've got to come on and talk about this in advance of the show airing joe's like craig i'd love to do it it's got to be tomorrow at, at this time and the reason why is i've got five of these things to do today and two more before you tomorrow call me tomorrow at 2 30 and so again it was just a small indication that hey I'm, I'm not the only one knocking on that door uh We'll do our own version of that interview. I'd like to think that our interview with Joe, because we've known him for so long, we'll ask different questions. He'll have different responses. It will be a unique interview. Should an audience member hear our interview versus something they heard earlier on another outlet or frequency? But again, it's, it's, it's a competitive landscape. But I've never shied away uh, from competition. I'm, I'm competitive uh, just in my nature. So... The challenge sometimes is, you know, you're, you're going up against a, a lot of outlets all trying to get the same thing. And if a coach, uh, I guess to expand on that a little bit, if a coach or in a setting, let's say they only have a half hour or let's say they're only going to do two interviews that week, how are you going to beat out everybody else and be one of those two finalists or recipients of that coach's, uh, coach's time? So that, that's, that's one of the challenges. Uh, that, that you face daily, just the reality of, hey, we're not the only one requesting somebody. We're not the only one requesting credentials or access to a major sporting event. We're not the only one requesting a guest. We're not the only one trying to get our programming cleared in a major market. Everybody is. Everybody's doing all these things day in and day out religiously. Tell you the truth, I can't think of anything else to say except for what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed being with you tonight, Daniel. And I mean, those were some well uh, thought out questions. And hopefully you got a little bit more of a perspective of not only how I got into the, the broadcasting field and, and the sports arena, but kind of a little bit of a snapshot of a, of a day in the life of my crazy world and crazy universe. So I'm glad we could spend a few minutes this evening. This has been fun. Yeah, actually, it, it was fun. You just heard an interview with Craig Larson Jr. of Gal Media and Daniel Hood of Hoodway Dispute Radio. If you are interested in finding out more about Hoodwave or contributing and supporting us, go to www.hoodwave.org. Again, that is www.hoodwave.org.